Hey everyone, and welcome again to Coffee with Jesus. Today, we're going to ask the question, what do others see? That's the title for today's uh, time together. What do others see? I want to simply ask, when other people look at me, when they look at you, what do they see? If you are new to our podcast, welcome as always. So good to have you join us. For those of you who tune in every week, again, thank you for joining. As far as possible, we release this podcast every single Tuesday. And the purpose, the point of this podcast is for us to grab some coffee, some tea, hot chocolate, whatever it is, and spend just some time together, 15, 20 minutes, together speaking about something, anything that may help us become more like Jesus. And hopefully what we talk about in these podcasts becomes something that is a catalyst in your thought life, your devotional life for the rest of today and your week. So if you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast on whichever platform you are on, and let's dive into today's session. Again, as I mentioned up front, the question is, what do others see? In order to unpack this, I want to turn to a passage in 2 Kings, and I want to read to you two seemingly disconnected passages from two different accounts and see if we can understand them together. 2 Kings is part of the history narrative of Israel and Judah, and by the time we get to 2 Kings, the book of 2 Kings, there's been a split. The, the sin of the kings has really become the norm for Israel. And where we meet the, the, the nation at this time is Elijah has just been received into heaven and Elisha has been left behind. There's been transition of the prophetic. Elijah, who was an incredible voice, he, he led the nation prophetically. He's identified Elisha as his successor. And we pick it up just after the succession has taken place. 2 Kings 2, 14 to 15. Then he took the cloak, this is Elisha, of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water saying, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, the water was parted to the one side and to the other and Elisha went over. Now, when the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho saw him opposite them, they said, the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. Okay, so that's the first passage. Uh, the, the context for the next passage, also in 2 Kings, is that three kings have come together um, and they've set out to war against uh, another rebellious king. In so doing, they've taken quite a weird route to get to the battlefield. They've distanced themselves from provision through a lack of wisdom, through no strategy. And so where we find them now is they are seeking a prophetic voice in the midst of this catastrophe, they realize they are, they are far away from what they need. And so they need God to intervene. It says this in 2 Kings 3, 11 and 12. And Jehoshaphat said, is there no prophet of the Lord here through whom we may inquire of the Lord? Then one of the king uh, of Israel's server, servants answered, Elisha, the son of Shaphat is here, who poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to meet him. Now, again, I mentioned these are two passages that don't really connect, but I want us to look at something. In both instances, people saw something or knew something about Elisha that made them trust that God was with them and that he had something of value to offer. In each instance, Elisha was seen in some way and the consequence of that perception was influence in the moment with people. Now, why this has struck me is because often in our world today, people don't want to know what the church or what Christians 
have to say, especially when it comes to socially sensitive issues. It's almost as though society, culture, thinks the church is something that it isn't, and it's not even worth engaging with when it comes to serious issues. And with that in mind, what did people see in Elisha that made him welcome, that made them welcome his influence? What did others see in him that led to him having a platform to bring God's voice into situations? As we unpack this, might we see what is lacking in our world that means we have limited influence and a limited voice in society? So number one, I'm just going to talk about two things. Number one, the first thing we see is that when Elisha reflected Elijah, people stopped and took note. After the moment when Elijah is taken up to heaven, Elisha takes up the garment of Elijah and goes and replicates the very last thing Elijah had done, which was split the water and walk across. So here's what happens. He carries the same mantle and he did the same things as Elijah. And because Elijah had a reputation, that was now extended to the one who reflected him. And this brings us to the first principle. Who we reflect matters. When people see us, who or what are we reflecting? Who we reflect in this world is significance because we are then recognized by that person's reputation. When you reflect someone or something, you are also aligning yourself with that person or thing's reputation. Now, for those of us who call ourselves Christians, this should mean we reflect Jesus. The word Christian means small Christ or like Christ. And so what we should be doing is we should be reflecting him into our world. And as such, we should see what Jesus saw. Jesus was approachable and attractive to every kind of person, well, except the Pharisees and Sadducees. The reputation of Jesus was such that people, regardless of background or history, felt like they could come to him. He was so attractive to crowds that they were willing to miss meals to listen to him speak. People who knew that they were sinning, they knew they were in adultery, they knew they were stealing, they knew they were on the wrong side of the law, so to say, they still felt like Jesus loved them. They still felt comfortable in his presence. Does this sound like how people see us today, Christianity, the church? Are we seen as approachable and relatable to people regardless of who they are or what they've done? Elisha did what Elijah did. Are we doing what Jesus did? Are we speaking about God's kingdom breaking into our reality and changing everything? Are we speaking about the grace of God? Are we carrying our crosses in such a way that people see Jesus in our perseverance? As Christians, are we reflecting Jesus? Or are we calling ourselves Christians, but reflecting someone, something else? Perhaps when people look at us, they don't see someone reflecting Jesus, but they see someone reflecting a political idea or a party. Or when people look at us, do they see people who reflect a traditional mindset more than the gospel? Perhaps instead of reflecting Jesus, we are doing a much better job at reflecting the Pharisees, even while we bear the name of Jesus. So, number one, who or what are we reflecting? Are we reflecting Jesus in a way that makes people respond to us the same way they responded to Jesus? Second passage we read was about kings looking for a prophet, and Elisha was known for serving Elijah. And so the immediate interpretation from the king of Judah 
the immediate interpretation Jehoshaphat gives us is that there is a prophetic download that must have happened in that relationship. Now, before we go any further, can I just make a comment about the significance of serving? What you serve, you will receive from. Jehoshaphat was adamant that if Elisha had served Elijah, it was obvious that he would have received from the one he had served. One of the things we need to understand, uh, one of the things, sorry, we need to understand is we will always receive a download from the person or thing we serve. This is why who we serve matters. And that's the second principle for today. Service matters. The king of Judah was willing to trust the fate of an entire army to the words of someone he had never met. Think about that. He had never met Elisha, but he was in that moment willing to trust the entire fate of an army to him. He was willing to lean on and go with whatever Elisha had said, simply because someone told him that Elisha had a track record of faithful service. He didn't know Elisha. He'd never seen Elisha serving, but because of the, the reputation of service, the king of Judah was willing to trust Elisha. Again, as followers of Jesus, we are called to serve the people of this world, even when we don't agree with them. When Jesus washed the disciples' feet, he left a command that they ought to wash one another's feet. He said, you do likewise. He called us to serve people in our world. And as we see in the passage above, when people see someone who serves, there is a sense of trust that is built. Jesus washed the feet of Judas, someone who was there to betray him, someone whose life didn't reflect him, but Jesus served him. The service of Jesus, the, the service we are called to is not dependent on who the other person is. It's dependent on who we are in Christ. Again, I wonder if the lack of influence we have, the lack of a voice we have in society is due to the fact that the world doesn't see the church and Christians as a service movement. Perhaps we are known more for what we judge in others than how we serve others. Perhaps instead of serving our world, we have become really good at disregarding our world, calling the things of this world evil. Perhaps we've become associated with disregarding certain people groups in our world, cutting them out entirely. People listening, people listen to Elisha because of who he reflected and how he served. Think about that. All this is telling us is that people were willing to follow him. They were willing to go with him. They were willing to trust him because of two things, who he reflected and how he served. Might it be that the world is crying out for the church and for Christians to again reflect Jesus and serve their world like Jesus? Might it be that the road back to significance, the road back to influence, runs directly through reflecting Jesus and serving people like Jesus served? And so, as we close off today, and I know today may have seemed a bit hectic, and I, and I apologize if it's come across as harsh. That's not my heart. But today, can we just reflect? Who are we reflecting? Who or what are we reflecting? Are we reflecting the nature, the character of Christ that made sinners both comfortable and convicted? Sometimes we can major on either of those two, and in so doing, we miss the fullness of Jesus? And are we committed to serving the world the way Jesus served the world? Washing feet, carrying crosses, loving, healing, speaking truth. Are we committed to serving our world the same way Jesus did? And perhaps if we can recapture those two things, 
reflecting him and serving like him, maybe, maybe people would be more willing to listen to what we have to say about everything else. And so my prayer for each and every single one of us today is that we would all listen to the voice of Jesus. We would reflect him and we would serve like him. This is my prayer. And I pray that over each and every single one of us. Have an amazing rest of your day and the rest of your week that's ahead of you. I pray that you would just be so conscious of these two things as we go into the rest of our lives. God bless you. And we will see you again next week for our next Coffee with Jesus. <music>